Good evening, everybody, you lovely charmers. Um, welcome to another episode of the Charming Libra. Um, man, it was a wonderful weekend, of course. Um, as you guys probably know from the last episode, because I did like <laughs> it's like lately I'll record something and then I have to stop, then go do what I need to do, and then I come back either the next day or a few days later. So, um, I had mentioned that we went to a car show and, um, my husband won an award for his car. He does like a lot of, um, he enjoys restoring classic cars. So, um, he did everything from the workup. He has a 1988 Monte Carlo that's looking nice and fresh. Um, he did his own paint job. He did his own details, his own like wheels and everything and the style and everything. He he just does things like that. And um, that's kind of like a side thing he does, not only because he enjoys it, but also like sometimes if he decides that he wants something else, he'll end up selling it, making way more money than he had gotten it for. And then he ends up buying the car that he wants at the moment and so forth. So he won an award for it. I'm so proud of him, my scorpion man. Oh, I love him so much. But, you know, like, it's just like, we were so happy because it's just like, he can, he can actually say like, look, I did this whole thing. Many people can't say that. So my man is very talented. But um, anyways, that was like my weekend pretty much. And then we went yesterday and had dinner with some friends um, which was delightful and nice, and we also supported another friend with his campaign, which was amazing, like, it was just pretty much, like, supporting each other and just bonding this weekend, which I love, but I also need my alone time, so I'm happy today to be able to have, like, got up early, did all my errands and everything, and now I'm just kind of chilling, but also wanting to record this episode for you guys. And um, as you guys know, this is the episode uh, that uh, is for the man and woman of the current season for body and soul. Um, Of course, it's Virgo season, so it is the Virgo man and woman that um, we will be talking about today. But on a side note, y'all, like, um, Halloween shit is already coming out. And so I was at Marshall's today because I was looking for... um, you know, some Halloween decorks I had mentioned that I wanted to do my house. And they have these amazing notebook journals that I cannot resist. Like, I have tons and tons of journals. Um, hashtag Libra sentiment. But I just like the aesthetics of it. But I've always wanted a journal that kind of looks like a spell book or like a like a book that like a mage or like a priest, you know, like I'm a... World of Warcraft nerd, like a, you know, like a RPG character would have like an old school looking spell book. And you guys, they have that. So it's in a velvet like cover and they have, I saw at least three different ones. I don't know if they have more than that, but they had one that said spells. Um, I was about to get that and it's red velvet. But when I saw magic, you know, I just feel like, I don't know, I'm trying to create magic. I don't really want to do spells because I felt like spells would be more like for something else like maybe like if I were to write like different herbal tinctures that I want to make or something like that and then make a love spell or something like that but I don't do that kind of stuff I make herbal tinctures and everything and teas and stuff but I don't 
I don't do like spells and stuff. I had experience with it when I was like younger and it's just not my thing because I don't know, like bad stuff was not like the spells worked and everything, but it's just like I started to see stuff and that's like a whole other episode that I can talk, talk about that with, but it just, it scared the shit out of me. I did it with a friend and I was in a coven. I did all that shit. So yeah, anyways, but I got the, I got the journal or notebook. It's just like a lying notebook pretty much. So you can even use it for school, which that would be kind of fucking awesome. Like if I was going to grad school this year, I probably would have bought like all three of them. Cause I know one of them, one of them was like I said, I have the one that's magic and it's purple velvet and it has like the, on the, you know, uh, spine of the book, it has like the little lumps. Like it literally looks like an old school um, magic book. Like, like literally, like if I open this, it looks like I'm about to read like a magic, you know, spell or something like that or, you know, like whatever. But anyways, um, or like look at magic tools or wands or in crystals and stuff. But um, they have... This one, they have, like I said, the red velvet one that says spells, and then they have a black one, I believe it was, that says charmed. I was about to get the charmed, and then I was like, ooh, spells, and then I saw spells, and then I said, ooh, magic, and so I got the magic, and it is so cute. So basically, I want to use this book um, as my shadow workbook, and yeah, I know you guys are like, bitch, didn't you just have a shadow workbook? I did, but it just didn't fit the aesthetic of what I was looking for this is even better. It just, it just screams like kind of like Scorpio energy to me. And, um, I'm going to use this book to do my shadow work because through shadow work is how you manifest. And I can tell you this right now, when I was doing shadow work, you guys, when I was doing shadow work, I felt like because I was opening myself and learning about the shadow parts of myself and accepting that, that's what I did slash how I am and I can grow and learn from it. You guys, I was manifesting like a motherfucker, like no joke. Like I had manifested um, $2,000 then I had manifested another $4,800. And then I just kind of got cocky and I was like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, man- I'm a manifesting like machine now. I don't need to do any of that stuff. And it's like the second I kind of stopped, it started to slow down. Like I literally, you guys, I was playing this game, an app where you, if you play the game, you win money. And I was winning like $10, like daily. I'm not kidding you. And so I was just like, you know, like I said, I got cocky. And then I was just like, uh, you know, like I'm done with my like shadow work for now. And da, 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 da. And then I even kind of like got inconsistent with some of my journaling and some of my manifestation affirmations and it just started to kind of like slow down and die off. And, you know, I told you, I'm almost near that $10,000 mark and I want to do it again. So I want to do some more magic, um, some money magic, basically with this book, but with shadow work. I'm also in a course that I'm doing today. Um, I don't know if you guys know at Natalie Benson, but she has this free money transformation course. So if you want to do it, you better join now, like no joke, because it starts today at four o'clock PM. Um, my time, I believe that's PST. So it's definitely going to be, I think like later or so, I don't know, like for other people who want to do it, but yeah, her IG is at Natalie Benson. So better jump on it right now. 
Um, <laughs> hopefully you guys hear this in time. I don't know, but yeah. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to say that if you guys are looking for a new book or anything that looks like that matches the aesthetic of spooky season, which I love, um, Marshall's is it. I'm sure Marshall's is also part of TJ Maxx and all that good stuff. So they might have it too, but it's a very cute book. Very. I love it so much. I can't wait to write in it. But anyways, yes, we are still in Virgo season, you guys. Oh, man, I just, you know, Virgo season, like I said, is that's my time to focus on health and also make that cash money, okay? So we're going to go ahead and jump into, this is the sexuality book, the astrology of sex and sexes. I found a way to keep this book uh, with us um, in the meantime. So, um... So, um, oh my God, I get so like tongue tied. Like someone texts me and then it just throws me off. But anyways, um, I kind of forgot what I was going to say. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it, it's just, you know, I want to focus on health. I want to focus on making cash money. And, um, I don't know. I just, the season I'm looking forward to it. I don't want to look at it as negative or anything. And, I'm kind of looking, I'm not kind of, I am looking toward fall, like, you guys, I don't know what it is, but I just love cozy season, I do, I love summertime too, but, you know, unfortunately in Washington State, it just doesn't last long, and so it's almost like we have, <laughs> majority of our season is like a fall-like, you know, kind of aesthetic, so it's just kind of what I'm used to, um, it would be nice if we had more sunshine and everything, but we don't. Um, so spooky season and then all this kind of like good stuff, you know, is I'm looking forward to it, you know, like having hot teas and stuff again, hot coffees, hot, you know, like things like that, um, the little holiday flavors and everything. Um, so let me see. I notice I've kind of slowed up on like crystals of the week, I think it is, or that I'm using right now, you guys. So um, I'm going to go ahead and do it. You guys know I, I go by my intuition. So I switch out what my body is connected to because, you know, crystals are pretty much like a tool and it's a frequency that vibes with our own body's frequency and like mixes with those energies. And then basically the properties usually like kind of come out of that. And so um, I mentioned that I had, you know, like found a new crystal shop and it was crazy because I told you for some reason, I would say since, and this makes a lot of sense, I guess, now th thinking back on it, but in 2020, you guys, right before the pandemic happened, um, actually it was 2019, like summer 2019, I kept being gifted, like whenever I would purchase from somewhere, I kept being gifted amethyst. <laughs> And I was like, wow, I was like, why, like, is this a sign, you know, I had said that, is this a sign that I'm supposed to be working with amethyst, but I wasn't thinking about anything at the moment, because, um, you know, like, I just, you know, I just wasn't thinking, like, anything to it, and so um, I have been gifted amethyst, I think it was, like, three times, and so I kept it, but I didn't really work with it, and I just put it away, and put it for show and everything, and then, Right before the pandemic, I had um, 
found another, um, I was at the crystal shop and there was this like, uh, cool looking pendant. It was small, but it was in the shape of an elephant. And I was like, I was like, what, you know, I asked the guy, I was like, what, what is this? It looks like kind of like a Hindu person. I couldn't really understand. I couldn't really look at it that well. So it was in a case and he brought it out and he was like, Oh, that's Goresh, you know, and Hindu it's, uh, he's known as the, uh, the God of obstacles or something like that, removing obstacles or something. And at the time I kind of felt like, you know, like I was kind of going through a little bit of hard stuff. I was like, Oh, that's perfect. And it was an amethyst. And I had worn that necklace for a while. And then, um, I had stopped and the pandemic happened and then I had gotten horribly sick. Plus we had the coronavirus and I was like, oh my God, I was like, you know, I wasn't really working with it. And then once again, it came to me again uh, with another, um, what was it? Another place that I had like got it. And then um, it just seems to just really like, especially when I was having panic attacks and stuff, it just really bonded to me. It just bonded to my body. And it just, when, when the second I put it on, um, and this was with the aquamarine too, I just felt so calm and I felt like my panic attacks were, had slowed down a lot, And but I felt calm and relaxed and I felt so good with this. And I was like, oh, I was like, I think that's what I've been meant to do. I was meant to work with amethyst you know and I did that for quite a bit and then eventually you know like I felt like I had gotten everything under control so I stopped working with it again but I noticed that it's the one crystal you guys I work with different things depending on what my intuition what my body wants to work with but for some reason my body keeps coming back to amethyst so this is like I don't know the fifth or sixth time that I'm working with amethyst, but this time it's a different amethyst. It's a more powerful amethyst. It's a Brandberg amethyst from Nambia, Africa. It's like a rare stone and it's mixed with, it's mixed with, um, smoky quartz, um, clear quartz and amethyst, but mine, you know, it comes, it can either come in like a really dark smoky looking purple purple or like kind of like a clear ish with some purple in it and mine's is more purple but you can see the inside you can see through it you can see the quartz and the smoky quartz in it it has some rainbows it's very beautiful you guys like I told my husband it's just a regular stone that's already like rounded and stuff so because um it's really bonded to me and it and it's like the ultimate it's the it's one of the best healing stones you can get out of the mineral kingdom, you guys, it comes from a very sacred place in Nambia, um, in the mountain, the Nambia mountain, I'm sorry, not Nambia mountain, but the Brandberg mountain, um, which has lots of different higher, I think they said like hieroglyphs or writings that a sacred tribe used to live in. I mean, it's a very sacred place. So if you guys want to look it up, it's called Brandberg amethyst. It's a really amazing thing, but it's known for extreme all over healing which is what I need and the funny thing is that I went to my other crystal shop and um, I was looking around and then something pulled me and I was like I thought it was a bloodstone because it was sitting next to a bloodstone and I was like oh I was like that's drawing me so I asked I was like what it was like a very dark green stone uh, of course as a pendant like I said it's a small uh, pendant because um, I like to wear 
my magic, but um, I had asked them, and I was like, what is that stone next to it? Um, it, it just drew me right away when I looked at it, and they were like, oh, let me check uh, for you. Oh, they're like, it's Epido. And I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. Because before I found, before I got connected with the amethyst, I was looking for, I had gotten, I was looking for, uh, I was looking for Epido. And at the time I was about to purchase the Epido. But then when the person was like, I was like, oh, what is this? And they were like, uh, amethyst. Or no, I was telling them rather this story of how I felt like my body just seems to really connect with amethyst the most out of any stone. And um, they were like, oh, that's weird. They were like, are you talking about like a regular amethyst? I was like, well, yeah, the only amethyst that I know of is just amethyst. And they were like, no, there's all kinds of amethyst. And they're like, and we carry a really high quality one, which is called a Brandberg amethyst. And the second, you guys, that I looked at that, I was like, whoa, I was drawn to the specific one that I had chosen. And I was like, can you guys let me hold that? um that amethyst and they were like sure you know because that's how I'm I'm very I'm clear sensitive you guys so the way I know that a crystal is going to bond with me is the second I touch it I get I feel the energy of the crystal and it goes up my arms to like my body it's just everything and I'm like this this is it that's how I choose it but they did that and I was like okay I have to have that (laughs) it was like a little it was pricey but it was worth it um but um yeah the epidote I was like, okay, I'll take that because that was also the crystal I was going to go for first, but I had more of a connection to the amethyst. So I knew that um, I had already touched the epidote at the other place. And I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be it until I touched the, the amethyst. And th- it was way more of a shock for me. And so I did the same thing here and I was like, oh, this is the one. And it was funny because I never really heard of Epidote before, um, but it's an amazing crystal, actually. It's very great for, like, manifesting, I guess, abundance, prosperity, which I didn't know that, but it also works very well with amethyst. So I was like, that is amazing. So that was just, like, a sign to me. I was like, obviously, I'm meant to be working with these two crystals, so I am wearing it. And then I told my husband, um, you know, because I wrapped the amethyst myself because it's just it was just a free stone. Um, but I, it's so important to me that I want to make it an actual pendant. So, um, my husband had me, uh, find out how much it's going to cost to have an actual jewelry store, turn it into like a, like a fat, like a a pendant, you know, where they're going to have it, you know, like, um, bound in a pendant so that I can actually wear it uh, like that. And I just found that out today and I'll let him know. But that's like probably going to be my birthday gift. That's what I told them. That I think I'm thinking I want that for my birthday gift because this pendant is really important to me and he understands. And yeah, so I went on a whole tangent, you guys, but that is the crystals of the week um, for me, basically. So Brandberg, um, Amethyst and Epidote, if you guys want to look it up and see if it's something that you would be interested in. Um, I still have, um, carnelian pendants available too, um, on Kofi. Um, I have put it in show notes of one of them, but I don't know if anyone is interested, but they're, they're not expensive at all because they're not huge pieces, but they're little pendants if you want to, uh, get them. But let's go ahead and jump into a Virgo season, you guys. Um, it's for mind, but it's for body and soul. I'm sorry. So, um, let's go ahead and jump into the Virgo man. So it says, um, 
There's something unmistakably guarded about the Virgo man, as if he's perpetually dubious, if not outright disdainful of others. If on so banal, banal, I think, a level as socializing or interacting with a store clerk, for example, Virgo wears a a suspect expression, leaning nearly backwards, seemingly to avoid breathing the same air as someone else. Ironically, he's he's the one who comes off looking suspicious, forever darting his eyes around, unwilling to make contact, transferring his weight uneasily from side to side. He's dismissive of, of anyone he doesn't know well. He makes notoriously rude first impressions, being wary of even the most casual, cheery inter- interchange. Idle chatter especially seems plastic and phony to the Virgo, symptomatic of of a world that he resignedly perceives as being run by pretty but empty-headed former football players and cheerleaders forever projecting the social outcast feelings he carries with him from childhood. So as we can say, like, have you guys do, like, I always say that when it comes to, like, earth men, especially, um, I always feel like you cannot read their expression. Like, you just can't. It's literally stone-faced. Like, no joke. And I know I can't be the only one who thinks this, but literally, they look stone-faced. Like, like they don't want to be bothered. That's why I'm always, like, mm, you know, I'm always kind of, like, uneasy. But then once, like, I talk or get going with them, then I'm, like, I'll be, like, oh, okay, they're actually really interesting. It's just, like, they're, like it says, they're very skeptical and kind of, like, a little judgy and critical like they're kind of thinking like look at this idiot especially if they're doing something stupid like look at this idiot and what they're doing instead of like knowing the person they're just automatically kind of like sizing them up a little bit it says yet unlike Scorpio the astrological stranger Virgo is an outsider who nonetheless doggedly tries to find his useful place Within the society at large, whereas Scorpio might skip social gatherings, Virgo makes a showing if only to scowl his way through them. Cynicism befits Virgo's rulership of the sixth astrological house of critical analysis, as well as that of service. By adopt, by adopt, uh, God, I don't know why I like get tongue tied, but by adopting the role of critic, Virgo performs the viable function of perfecting the cultural environment, praising this and poo-pooing that thus setting ever elevating standards of what's socially acceptable. He can be actively judgmental as quipping caustic or often hilariously biting as a dry wit would ever wish to be. A wizard at wizard one-liners that can make anyone within an earshot dissolve into wincing laughter. Virgo man adopts such an air of expertise that people naturally trust his signature social judgments, finding themselves subliminally imprinted with his critical decrees. Like Gemini, Virgo is a diehard infomaniac. However, as an earth sign, as opposed to an air mental sign, his knowledge tends to be less newsy and superficial and rather more profoundly entrenched in facts and figures. So if you guys didn't understand what they said there, it's like, so Gemini, you know, Gemini and Virgo both are ruled by Mercury. And they said that Geminis, uh, they're both diehard infomaniacs. But, you know, Virgo being an earth compared to air, which is also mental, um, 
Gemini's information is kind of more of like a have you heard did you know this did you hear about this kind of like like they said very superficial superficial newsy kind of gossipy kind of like information but like Virgo has more of a you know they want to know facts so they're they're going to be looking at like more research hardcore like sciencey type of you know like papers and everything to kind of back what what they've learned so that actually is like an amazing to me like a diff like a differentiation of both of those signs that are both ruled by Mercury. Okay, so let's go ahead and Okay, where was I at? Okay, so it says, uh, and rather more profoundly entrenched in facts and figures, let's just say persnickety Virgo would make the consummate Jeopardy con uh, contestant. His demeanor may be so snooty, in fact, that one wonders as the constructiveness of wagging so sharp, tongue, sharp a tongue. Indeed, there comes a time in a Virgo man's life when he must choose to channel the energy he puts into forming opinions of others into more productive pursuits, and preferably artistic ones. Virgo man is often a creative genius who finds great satisfaction not only in working with his hands, literally demonstrating his mutable earth status as an artisan, sculptor, metal worker, carpenter, potter, but also an arranger, composer, filmmaker, or film editor, novelist, or choreographer, molding compositional masterpieces. But even if he trades a perfectly pressed suit for an actually Smithy's apron, he'll never completely quite quit rolling his eyes. As a list of famous Virgo men reveals, one that includes the likes of Peter Sellers, Elvis Costello, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, um, Robert Blake, Stephen King, Hugh Grant, Richard Gere, Peter Falk, Michael Jackson, Leonard Cohen, and Leon Leonard Burstein. They are a shrewd, sardonic, somewhat cagey lot who can't help but come across so slightly skewed, if not suspect, despite their widely recognized genius. Majority of those people, I don't know, but I know some of them. Anyway, if you happen to spot a serious fellow who looks as if he's been sucking on a lemon, seemingly reluctant to be wherever he is at any given moment, typically he'll be a Virgo. He'll gener he's generally a large creature, either exceedingly tall and willowy or undeniably solid and hunky. In, other, in either case, he is, he is sallow skin, a, zodiac a zodiacal symptom like his bilious nature of his size and anatomical association with the liver and gallbladder and as perp as purported purported such peevish peevishness is apparent in his demeanor virgo man has a crusty countenance though decidedly upper which mirrors the earth's own mutable mantle the kiln containing the planet's molten core the proverbial furnace of his patron hephaestus if not the fiery deaths <clears throat> into which Faustus may have been flung, and despite any attempts as a coolly disinterested veneer, it's clear that Virgo man contains such hidden fire, latent creativity, sexual combustion, or both. This lends him a complex disposition, an intensity, and sense of inner turmoil to which a keen and admiring eye might chalk up his usual con con condition. 
condescension. Seeing through these defenses to his infamous fear of intimacy, thus wishing to quell it, he may act internally dejected as if he's frightened out of his wits by life in this way, subconsciously playing on the sentiments of those friends and lovers who are forever trying to reassure him that the world's not all bad. But nine times out of ten, trying to cheer up a Virgo would be like getting Hephaestus to tango. Knowledge of the world and its less-than-rosy workings practically paralyze the Virgo emotionally, and the comparison doesn't end there. So, see, um, if, if you guys, if you're new here, hey, 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 welcome. I hope you stay, like, and subscribe, please. I enjoy knowing that people enjoy the show and stay and learn with us about all these different astrological things. But um, if you guys are kind of looking at what it's meaning for Hephaestus, Hephaestus is the god of blacksmith, I believe it is. Um, he he was basically like the weapon maker for the gods and everything. And he, his wife was Aphrodite, but Aphrodite did not like him. She was forced to marry him and he's actually known to be very ugly. And she was fucking Ares, the god of war. <laughs> so basically, um, yeah, so they always refer Virgo to Hephaestus because Hephaestus was basically like the ser- the service man of the god, always creating things for people, not really worrying about himself and everything else. And I mean, he had a wife who did not love him, who could not stand and look at him, and she'd rather be with Ares, the god of war, fucking him instead of fucking her husband. So yeah, but there is an episode called The Virgo Man, and it's the sex and relationship, basically how they like to be in relationship and how they like to have sex. If you have not heard that episode, it was definitely done last year, so you definitely want to listen to that uh, to kind of get more on that. Okay, anyways... Um, but yeah, you know, Virgos, they're, you know, they're known to not really show much emotion. It's like, once they trust you, they are fucking amazing, wonderful guys who will go to the ends of the earth and to make you happy pretty much. But until you get past that, which it's, it's not as hard as an Aquarius, but it's hard. Um, it's gonna, you know, they're gonna kind of be kind of stone-faced and not really, you know, show so much emotion to the, to, toward you. Okay, so it says, and the comparison doesn't end there. Envisioning Virgo man brings to, to mind an iconic shot of Elvis Costello from his first album cover, a scowling misfit whose stance is one of, one of legs splayed out from under him as if unable to support his weight. Read worldly burden. Still, even literally, it's an apt image. No matter how buff he gets, and he's often quite the little gym bunny, Virgo man's torso sits atop slender, even spindly legs, made all the more apparent by his constant shifting about. Otherwise, his bone structure is remarkably sturdy, his muscles thick and gnarly rather than smooth and sinewy. He often has a square-shaped head with a heavily lined brow and high hairline. Like other Earth sign males, he too tends to go bald early in life, his hair gradually shifting from a rather thick and coarse consistency in his youth to a feathery finesse as he reaches middle age. His face is stern and wide, made all of the more stony by close, deep-set eyes and a long, beaky or beefy nose. 
His sexy sneer and sunken cheeks suggest an antithetical boy-next-door disposition. There is, in fact, always something of the night owl about him. Pasty skin, dark circles around the eyes, deep increased nasal folds, folds, jowls, and a near uncontrollable stubble. He typically dresses the part as well, wearing a lot of dark clothing. Indeed, black comprises the bulk of his wardrobe from suits to jeans to boxer briefs. Regardless of his profession, one might suspect he works in fashion, an an industry that does boast a large population of critical-eyed virgins. As he dons a usual penguin uniform, as many in that biz do, of white shirt, black everything else, and year-round sunglasses designed to ward off catwalk glare. He spends money on hardcore names like his Mercury-ruled cousin Gemini. He's all current. Uh, however, where that flitty air sign is super trendy, Virgo is one of Al- La Mode's cognoscenti, often opting for big-ticket European and Asian labels that those in the heartland have scarcely heard of. He has a hulking upper body, often barrel-chested and big-ribbed, with which nonetheless tapers to a narrow but soft midsection, which becomes blubbery if left unchecked. He's often hairy, the strands are wiry rather than wispy in texture, and occasionally hirsute in the extreme. Though then his legs and ass are strong, and any attempts at buffing them up to match the rest of his body will yield a work ripped, look much to his delight. Virgo tends to be amply endowed, <laughs> Oh, generally enjoying an above-average length and circumference that measures nearly as much. His balls, though, are typically as uptight as his disposition. So, I guess those of you who have Virgo men, you have someone with a big dick. So, or they, they're well endowed. Never been with one, so I don't know. Anyways, his hands and feet, like his heavy, beautifully... Bowed head would have been worthy of Rodin's attention. Long, muscular, meaningful finger fingers uh, suggest artistic as well as sexual deafness. He exudes erudition, indeed expertise on so many levels, it seems only natural to assume he'd be erotically adept as well, and he could be, with a little perseverance. For here we see the most... <coughs> excuse me blatant manifestation of the Virgo male's virginity. He has less actual training than he'd lead you to believe as he takes the same posier approach to sex as he does so many other areas of life. <coughs> so, um, so, you know, I forgot to mention that these usually does, because it's like body and soul, it does talk about, you know, like what they're supposed to look like and everything. And <clears throat> of course, you know, take it with a grain of salt because, of course, not everyone is going to look that way. But, you know, it's just going off, I guess, the average, I guess. So that was the end, by the way, of the male body and soul of Virgo. So I'm going to go ahead and jump straight into the Virgo women. <clears throat> body and soul. And so it says, a Virgo woman is in in a word built, typically both big bone and curvy in the extreme. Her status as the mutable earth sign of the zodiac translates into an undulating physicality of majestic proportions. Ooh. She's an inviting 
she's as she's as inviting to mankind as lush landscapes of rolling hills possessing a soft, fertile, peasanty body that would seem to demand rigorous attention. With the exception of occasional extraordinary bursts of rippling laughter, she is reserved, partic- participating, sparing in conversation, though all the while wearing a somewhat vacant smile that she'll shine around a crowded room is her Virgoan veneer, a disclaiming grin that suggests she's void of strong opinions or judgments, a cheerful defense mechanism against being called upon for witty comments or conversation. When it comes to discourse, she generally sticks to accounts of her own dealings, often giving others blow-by-blow details of her life Picking up the thread of her last conversation, as with a daily soap opera, time spent out of Virgo's loop, doesn't prevent one from tuning right back in. Of all the characters in the Zodiac, she can be most like a broken record with a running diatribe that is telegraphed or at least telephoned to everyone on her speed dial. Still, if you see quite quietly beautiful and beaming women safely ensconced within the confines of a chummy group scanning the room in one direction while sneaking furtive glances in another she is most likely a virgo generally shy she often takes great pains to downplay a zaftig physique by wearing subdued clothing if not something frumpish that recalls a nurse's hygienist lunchroom ladies or prison matron's uniform anything decidedly unsexy except perhaps to white stocking fetishes Feeling somewhat awkward, Virgo woman doesn't wish to attract attention to herself, as if she's overcoming something gawky in her nature, usually a throwback to having been one of the first girls to hit puberty and therefore to tower over most of the male population. The self-assured Virgo will embrace her gangly presence, embellishing in with a boisterous brand of humor that may latter find her labeled larger than life. As an adult, too, Virgo may be quite tall, stooping somewhat to give her already rounded shoulders an even more delicate appearance. In fact, despite Virgo's trademark oomphy presence, there is something fragile about her upper body, as if her spine is just barely up to the challenge of supporting her ample breasts, which, even if not a large cup size, will be dense, full, or heavy. Rarely is she vigorously athletic type, sticking to more leisurely sports where the pace and competitive spirit are at minimum. She is deliberate in in her actions, not only moving slowly, but cautiously as if warding off a self-perceived clumsiness, which ironically lends her a graceful air that is still more earthy than ethereal. Indeed, if Virgo projects any message from her about herself, it is that she is a woman of substance. She wears an emotional sensitivity that suggests to a man that she isn't cavalier or easygoing, let alone plain old easy. However, he would only be half right. <clears throat> the truth is, these earth girls are easy. Oh my god. And Virgo tries her damnest to signal sexual interest in a man, even letting herself be caught with her eyes alighting upon his crotch. She hangs on a guy's every word, leaning into conversation all ears and heaving cleavage, listening as if in state of suspended fascination. She thinks she's sending out a clear message of sexual availability. Instead, she merely makes a man feel at ease, winning her the dubious honor of being easy to talk to. In most cases, he'll walk away feeling puffed up and prepared to crack tougher nut female characters. 
those scores of trollish men who think they can they can bag beautiful women have probably been indulged by fawning Virgo females. It takes a self-assured gentleman to recognize her subtle signals and sweet albeit awkward way of flirting, finding pleasure in her old-fashioned demeanor and demure beauty. <clears throat> Virgo has a beneficent face, one reminiscent of an antique cameo. Big, round, soft puppy dog eyes are fixed above prominent cheekbones that tend to be obscured by a cherubic face. Her skin is smooth as porcelain, though typically darker, more olive or oily than that of the other members of the family. Virgo's nose is her most meaningful facial feature, being either suggestively plump long and beaky or both often reaching low to just above her upper lip which tends to look unpronounced in in contrast to a full and pillowy lower one on the whole her face is youthful sometimes distinguished by a well-placed beauty mark a light sprinkling of freckles on her considerable schnoz and fine fuzz crowning a high hairline her mop is thick, wavy or curly and often grazed prematurely a monumental head on a fragile neck and shoulders gives her a renaissance air, as does her notoriously weak chin. In keeping with such vintage idea of beauty, Virgo is notably one of the roundest, most rubenesque females on the astrological block, typically tending toward bottom heaviness, like all earth signs. Some, uh, some, sometimes in the extreme or so, it would appear as her waist is often mirac miraculously tiny in comparison. So I was going to mention, um, I don't know, like, I, a lot of the Virgo women I know are fucking gorgeous. Like, one of my friends is very gorgeous, but like they said, she's very, like, she has a very small waist, but she works the fuck out, too. She has a very small waist and, like, a nice booty, long, beautiful hair. It's actually curly, like they said. And if you guys are familiar with, um... You know, any influencers, one of them that comes to mind that, you know, um, is a Virgo as well is Summer Ray. And Summer Ray also has a small waist uh, and a nice, you know, plump booty and long, wavy, thick hair, you know, curly, wavy-ish hair, whatever it is. But she's very pretty, but she doesn't have the nose that they say. Her nose is actually very small. Uh, like her facial features, which tend to float, there is some... Something mishmash about the Virgo and female's body, uh, phys physique. A nod to her Pandora archetype, it's as if her body parts were borrowed from a number of different sources. Her ass is always ample to some degree, as are her oblivious childbearing hips, and yet her thigh seems always to turn slender, perhaps one once past slight saddlebags, running down to remarkably, remarkably small feet. Her hands are often similarly diminutive in comparison to her long, supple, but not sinewy arms. Virgo is one of those rare creatures who looks better naked than clothed, though she's generously endowed with an hourglass shape. From skin assures that all her parts stay pretty much where they should be. Rarely does Virgo have a problem with loose blubber or cellulite. If her waist appeared remarkable when dressed, it would seem a feat of engineering. Viewed in the nude, just one of her many attributes that scream femininity. Virgo's body has a shifting, amorphous quality but about it, with what what with those mixy matchy parts of hers seem seeming to change shape right before one's eyes. Like seeing a mirage, it seems impossible for a woman to be so curvaceous in reality. 
Her genital area also seems somewhat larger than life. What? Distinguished as it is by a thick, wide shock of pubic hair that is considerably dark and lustrous with some of the longest short hairs of anyone. Okay. The flesh of her yoni, by contrast, is ruby red and juicy, the lips being particularly pronounced. Her nipples are generously large, dark colored, and and insistent, changing shape and tension often during sex. Her body is sensually responsive and the extreme seeming almost to have a mind of its own. Mm, Very detailed. I see. The feminine principle flows forcefully through Virgo's being and she needs no man to make her feel like a natural woman. Even her style of dress is aimed at portraying this overriding quality. Donning non-synthetic, comfortable clothes, earthy shoes, and oil fragrances, the Virgo doesn't like to appear put on. Still, she isn't stingy with herself. In her signature subtle style, she, the pricier touches she affords herself can easily go unnoticed. Unlike those crunchy Birkenstocks, the, there's a looks a Luke's pedicure or natural hair color will be maintained at the most expensive exclusive salon and her makeup free face is actually slathered in a combination of top quality creams body art is also often concealed beneath virgo's bulky garments a man may be shocked to find elaborate tattoos or piercings on one who who seems to so untainted still virgo's grooming efforts are focused on preserving the luster of youth rather than presenting any sort of glamorous image occasionally she'll miss in her attempt Attempts as accessorizing, choosing garish, uh, tachka like jewelry or juvenile trappings like macrame bracelets, beads, or Mickey Mouse watch. Touches that she is misguidedly convinced are cool. Even when gussied up, there is never anything too precious or pristine in her appearance. She seems attainable, if not a bit of a tag-along. Virgo hopes that in looking down to earth, she will attract the kind of rugged, outdoorsy, but still boyish characters that typically entice her. However, the magnetizes another type of male as well, one who, when she least expects it, may swoop in and sweep her off her feet. So, (sighs) that is it for the Virgo woman, you guys. That's quite interesting because it just, I don't know, um... Like I said, they said that the Virgo woman is very curvaceous, pretty much like carved from the gods and everything. So it seems like they have all the good stuff in the right places. So um, again, take this with a grain of salt, just because if you don't look like that, you're Virgo. Don't be like, oh, I'm broken because you're not. Everyone is beautiful no matter what. So um, that is it, guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And um, please, uh, I notice on Apple it's called follow now. So please follow um, slash subscribe, kind of, that's the subscribe button, I guess. Follow, please make a comment. I'd love to know what you guys think. Oh my gosh, I really do. Um, I, like I said, I do have an IG at the Charming Libra. It's kind of dead. I need to really work on it and get serious with it. I also have a, uh, um, a um, what is it, a Twitter at the Charming Libra as well. Um, I try to be active, guys. I'm just not a huge social media person, but I know that's, like, the only way I can kind of get my, you know, like, get my reach in. So I'm trying to do my best. But, yeah, I don't mind. If you guys want to message me out there, though, please do. Please do. Like, with any question, please. I, I would love it. 
So you guys take care. I hope you guys stay safe and have an amazing day. And I will be on here later. Um, I'll talk to you guys later, rather. And you guys, love you so much. Take care. Bye.